and, and by the way, this is not new stuff. This is not new practice. This is actually harking back to ancient practices, ancient principles and common sense type farming. The people who pick up this style of farming and, and implement these practices and adapt these practices to their businesses, they're the sort of people that you want to hang out with. You know, you want to you want to be part of. You you like to be around. That was Charlie Arnott, and you're listening to the Regenerative Journey. G'day, I'm your host Charlie Arnott, and in this podcast series, I'll be uncovering the world of regenerative agriculture its people, practices and principles, and empowering you to apply their learnings and experience to your business and life. I'm an eighth generational Australian farmer who transitioned my family farm from industrial methods to holistic regenerative practices. Join me as I dive deep into the regenerative journeys of other farmers, chefs, health practitioners and anyone else who's up for a yarn and find out why and how they transition to a more regenerative way of life. Welcome to The Regenerative Journey with Charlie Arnott. G'day, welcome to the first uh, episode of The Regenerative Journey. I thought it'd probably be appropriate that I start with my own regenerative journey, which started about about 15 years ago. Before I go there, though, I'll just give you a bit of backstory. I grew up on a a farm, a mixed enterprise farm at Burrawa, family farm. Lots of enterprises, lots of inputs, lots of outputs. And uh, you'd probably say, or I'd probably call it now, an industrial farming situation. I didn't really know about that then. It wasn't a word that was really used in agriculture at the time. To me, what we were doing was very normal. And it was also very reflective of what I'd learned at university and really the sort of, not that I did agriculture even at school uh, in in my secondary education, but it was certainly in line with that sort of way of thinking, very science-based um, way of producing commodities. And not that that's a bad thing, it's just that it was the focus. So life at, at Hannah Minow at Burrawa there was um, uh, was was fantastic. I had, a, I had a really fortunate, blessed childhood with my brother and mum and dad and a lot of time outside, a lot of time actually in nature. Uh, but I guess the interesting thing about that was I didn't really, uh, whilst I was in nature, I didn't probably really appreciate it. Yes, we had creeks and we had trees and we had grass to roll around and all sorts of wonderful things. But I guess I wasn't really thinking about the context of me in nature. It was really just a playground, essentially, which was which was fine. And I was young, and and that was that's just a a part of being young and and living on a farm. So wonderful childhood, um, and you know the, what we did there and and how we ran that farm. And what we produced was really reflective of, um, you know, farming in Burua, farming across a lot of Australia and really farming across a lot of the globe. As I said, uh, you know, high input, high output, a lot of chemical use, a lot of machinery. And that to me was very normal. And so and, and my, in my education at university, I did a, a rural science degree at the, the University of New England in New South Wales. It was science-based, very science-based, and was it was reflective of my previous experience and, and how we had been running the farm. And again, it was fine. It was a natural progression to go from uh, to, to, to go to a tertiary education, which which was focusing on, on agriculture and the science of, of, of agriculture. And again, it was very industrial, very, very sort of very science-based, as I said. It was it, you know, clear demarcations in the chemistry and the sort of the biology and the and the, and the physics of soil, for instance. 
very siloed in its approach and, again, was reflective of, of how we were running our farm. You know, we weren't running it with a view, with an entire view of, of, um, of the business or the sort of the resources at our disposal, which is really how we, we used to look at the farm. It was a, it was a, um, a basket, a so, so-called basket of, of, of resources that we could use. There was, was water, there was grass, there was soil, there was air, there was sunshine, and we just sort of, I guess, essentially mined it. Um, again, I didn't think about that back then. It wasn't something that I really really considered you know we were we were farming as we always had and we were farming as our neighbors did and we were farming in a way that we thought was appropriate you know and I certainly did um, having grown up that way and been to university and and learnt practices and learnt theory that supported that that current paradigm and I guess one of the defining features of that paradigm is we we would battle nature you know I, I sort of when I went back to to Hannah you know um, in 1997, after doing a couple of years in working in pubs in Sydney, and anyone who's thinking about doing that, um, do it. Or children leaving school, I have to say, it's a great, uh, great um, place to learn social skills. Nonetheless, I moved home to manage in 1997, and I, you know, went hard, passionate young, uh, young fella who was keen to. Do his best, you know. He had his, I had a checkbook on one hand and a my uh, agronomic how-to book on the other, and and we went pretty hard, and 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 uh, probably more chemical use than when I got home, more machinery, probably well, actually probably a little less sort of ploughing sort of machinery. We got a bigger tractor, and we went pretty hard, burned a lot of diesel, and really every morning I was waking up and I was I was, you know, I was killing stuff. You know, that was the that was that's what one did. If one was farming, one was. Um, unwittingly battling nature. And you sometimes see it in the paper that farmers are battling drought. And really, I'll get to it later on, but, you know, we just simply don't need to do that. Um, so here I was every morning killing something, whether it was bugs or, um, you know, bacteria or fungus or or something, you know, um, internal worms. It could be any number of things I was trying to kill every day. And mammals, of course. Um, so, and really... a. a a defining feature of that sort of way of farming is we were treating symptoms. You know, we'd see something that we thought was wrong and then we'd buy something to treat it. And that changed eventually. But that was, a again, a defining feature of industrial farming. So a number of years went by and we had went through a number of years of drought. We just had cattle all over the state and into Queensland. We, we were, again, using a lot of chemical, a lot of, lot of inputs. And I was really starting to, somewhere along the line question what I was doing you know I didn't really have a feeling of purpose you know I was really starting to I wasn't I wasn't really disinterested I wasn't at all disinterested in the farm I loved it however I just was probably getting to a stage where I couldn't see a clear line of sight between me and my future and and one of the defining moments for me that changed everything um, was going to a one-day course in Burua called Profiting from the Drought. And I saw, I saw it in the, in the local newspaper and thought, gee, that'll be, that'll be a laugh, I'll get along to that. How do you profit from a drought? And it wasn't a drought, it was about 2004, a few years into the millennial drought, and uh, went along and it changed my life. It was really got me thinking about who I was as a farmer. And it got me, probably most importantly, thinking about who... You know, asking myself better questions. 
because I wasn't, to that point, I wasn't asking myself better questions. I wasn't thinking about, you know, who I was as a farmer, if I was, if if what I was doing was in, was aligned with my values, for instance. I mean, I didn't, didn't even, the words value and farming, values and farming was not something that I'd even heard of. It wasn't discussed at school, wasn't discussed at university. And I sort of, from that day on, I sort of started realising that perhaps my actions and my behaviour wasn't aligned with my values. You know, once I'd actually determined my values, it was quite clear that I wasn't aligned with those. You know, I was treating the symptoms. I was battling nature. And one of the best questions that I was asked actually that day was by the facilitator and he said to me, um, uh, that's all fine, but uh, are you happy? And I turned to him and I said, well, well, look, I'm not unhappy, which is really pretty ordinary answer, I thought. And again, that day changed a lot of things in me. You know, I, I then a month later went on to do um, uh, a course called Profit. Prof, um, sorry, um, uh, grazing for profit, grazing for profit, and that was done uh, put on by Resource Consulting Service Australia. That was a that was a month later, and that really was a month. It was sorry, it was a week long course, um, very, very intense. You know, but I needed that. I needed to. I needed to bust paradigms. I needed to look at things differently. I needed to change the paddock between my ears so that I could actually do things differently on ground. And that's, you know, and I needed to, to change my attitude. And to do that, I was, you know, getting back to asking better questions. Some really hard questions were being asked of me. And one really I was asking myself was, this, is this my purpose? You know, is this what I want to be doing? I always thought I wanted to be farming. But I guess it was how I was farming and why I was farming was were things, again, I just hadn't asked myself. So the Grazing for Profit course just busted open my head. You know, it was really intense, but so worthwhile, life-changing, life-saving stuff. You know, I tell people that you know, I just can't speak more highly enough about that course and similar ones. Holistic Management um, is, a, is another a, a very similar, um, different sort of format, but the same principles, you know, asking better questions, decision-making, and it gets people to think about what they're currently doing and are they comfortable doing that. And, and, and again, are, they, are their behaviours and activities aligned with their values? And do they have a vision? You know, I didn't have a vision. I didn't think, didn't, didn't think, well, I wasn't really thinking more than a week ahead or two weeks ahead or a month ahead maybe, you know. And there was other days of no mobile, no mobile phones and I just had a diary. I didn't, I didn't think about a computer. So um, it, was a, it was a wonderful time. It was challenging, changing my, the paddock between my ears is absolutely essential. Um, you know, paradigms being broken, and all these things were foreign concepts to me. They weren't things again. Words I, I just hadn't heard these words at university or school, and you certainly didn't hear them in the paddock, around Bora or at the pub. You know, so and my transition wasn't smooth. You know, I was a bit of a cold turkey kind of guy, and I wouldn't recommend that at all. You know, I sort of just dropped chemical one day and sold all the stuff, all the, the spray gear and big plows and everything else, and the co- I just went hard. I just said, no, I just can't do this. Once I knew you understood the principles and I understood how those principles impacted the practices of, of our farming, you know, I, I just couldn't go back. I couldn't unlearn them. I couldn't unhear those things. And so we just stopped using chemical one day, and it did have an impact. And I was, again, I wouldn't recommend people do that. 
it's all about transitioning. It's all about taking steps and adapting what you learn and what you hear, what you see, what you read about into your your current practice. Uh, and so we started working with nature, just sort of summarising that next stage after transitioning or whilst we were transitioning. You know, my relationship with nature to that point had been very economically based. And from that point on, that transition and, and learning and not being to, not being able to unhear these things, you know, I just, my perception, my relationship, my partnership with nature was the most important thing. And, and really a farmer's relationship with with nature is it's their most important partnership. We just we forget about that. We use nature. We consider it as a, a as I said before, like a, a resource to be used to to achieve the goals, our business goals or our personal goals, generally economic goals. You know, we don't generally think about the needs of of nature. And you know, a problem is always the result of unmet needs, generally of people. But in farming, I think the biggest problem is farming is the needs of nature aren't getting met. You know, and you think about it, if the needs of your biggest and most important business partner aren't getting met, what hope What hope have we? So these are some of the things that I started thinking much more about, starting implementing different techniques, started using biodynamics. Um, not long after we changed our ways and been to a few of these courses, I had at least. And that alone, you know, gave me some structure, gave me some, gave me some um, sort of, it really resonated with me and it helped me understand my new relationship with nature and the context of that in farming and in business and in our lives because really, you know, one of the, again, the defining defining sort of principles of farming is we generally, it's generally our lives, it's our, it's our homes, you know. So what was my role in, in, in the business and what was my role in, in nature and nature's, Synergist, synergistic uh, relationship with that business. Another turning point for me when I was transitioning from industrial sort of way of, of, of farming to regenerative agriculture was when I took the responsibility of, of what I actually was doing. And I was, as a farmer, I was growing food. But at the time, uh, in my industrial sort of paradigm, I was just growing a commodity. I was producing a commodity using the resources at my disposal to then pump out wheat, wool, meat and sell into the marketplace, not really caring too much about who was who was buying it. However, the minute that I really, again, took responsibility of what I was doing and, and realised and acknowledged that I was actually a, a grower of food and that food I was growing was, was impacting on people's health, probably negatively in a way. It wasn't necessarily nutritiously dense. I was producing a lot of it. Um, but, you know, I, I went to, a, went to a, a, a new place, a new paradigm of responsibility, which I think is really important. Uh, for me, it was life-changing because from that moment on, every decision I made was around, is this food I'm producing actually um, helping or harming people. And so for me, that was a big turning point. And that, that also relates to obviously health and human health and my understanding of human health and my, again, responsibility for what uh, how I was contributing to other people's health was absolutely paramount. It, before that, it hadn't really occurred to me. And so it had just taken me that long to work that out. So, and I, I was 
had a much better understanding of human health, my own health, the impact of what I was doing on my health and, and, and my family's health. And, and also discovering a new word, biome, you know, which is um, one that Zach Bush, Dr. Zach Bush, uh, is the king of. You know, he really understands it and, 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 uh, and look, look this guy up, he's incredible. And his understanding and, and I guess my, my growing understanding of the importance of us being in nature and actually being, being part of nature and absor- literally absorbing nature. And so in that context, if I'm on a farm and I'm spraying chemical everywhere, I'm literally absorbing that into my, into, my, into my body and that is impacting on my gene expression. You know, I'm, I want to apologise for getting too scientific, but in actual fact, you know, when we're, when we're spraying chemicals around and you know, that, that impacts on the expression of genes and that's called epigenetics. You know, we are, we're, we're, our bodies are absorbing chemicals and substances and proteins that we have, have you know, since the dawn of time have never had to deal with before. And that's another whole topic about um, genetically modified um, organisms. But, you know, it's, it's a similar thing. Our bodies are trying to cope with this. So my understanding was greatly improved. And again, having, having an awareness of that changed my practices and my philosophy and the way that I just took responsibility for, uh, for being a farmer. One of the other the sort of wonderful things about my regenerative journey is the people I've been meeting and the people I've met, the people who've helped me along the way and the books I've read written by these wonderful people. And, you know, I've found them to be just so overwhelmingly generous with their time and, and their wisdom and their experience. And I always say to people, you know, find yourself a mentor, find yourself someone who's done this and has done what you want to do and avoid making those mistakes. You'll always make them. I, mean, I made plenty of ripper mistakes. You know, the, the, sort of the once you learn all the stuff you learn in GFP or, or holistic management and different techniques and practices, you can skill, still royally sort of screw up things, you know, the, the tool in the hands of a of a ignorant or you know, incompetent person, it can be that can be really dangerous. So, um, you know, let's just try and not to make too many mistakes. It's only a mistake if you do it twice. So, the people I met, you know, and the the conferences I went to, and the collegiate sort of attitude and the sharing and the the warmth of these people, um, and that's not to say this wasn't in industrial farming. My previous sort of farming history and experience. It, it was it was it was a, it was a dry, greater degree of it in in the regenerative um, agriculture farming space, because I think people who transition to this way of farming, and and by the way, this is not new stuff. This is not new practice. This is actually harking back to ancient practices, ancient principles, and common sense type farming. The people who pick up this style of farming and, and implement these practices and adapt these practices to their businesses. They're the sort of people that you want to hang out with. You know, you want to you want to be part of. You you like to be around, and and they're open minded, and they're 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 you know they're, they're smart people, and they're they're inclusive. And I think that as as much as the principles and the practice and the experience I've had in those in these last fifteen years have 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 changed me and and made me a better farmer in my definition of success or or, or, or you know, feeling purposeful in farming. It's the people that have made 
you know, really made me who I am at, to this point, you know, and, and, and I will continue to develop and, 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 and become a better farmer, a better person, because I think this is the interesting thing, you know. In farming, we the, the practices and principles of farming are so intertwined with, with with oneself, with one's personality, with one's one's purpose, you know, because we are literally we're working with nature, we're living on farm in our in our living in our on on our businesses. So as we develop our our farming skills, we're really if we're doing. If we're doing things right, you know, and I, I hesitate to use the word right, but if we're doing things in a way that's as you know effective and productive and and purposeful, we're also building our pers- our sort of personal our, ourselves and defining and refining who we actually are in this world in 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 not just the ag space but in the the world of of um, you know <laughs> being a person, you know, our role in mankind in in humanity. And talking about humanity, um, I'm recording this currently in an in a interesting time in, in the history of mankind where, um, you know, we've, we've, we've sort of, we're in the middle of or somewhere in the middle of this coronavirus in, in, in Australia and across the world. And, you know, I think this, I'm really excited about this podcast because we're entering a space where a lot of the stuff we'll be talking to and a lot of the people I'll be speaking with, you know, talking about practices and principles and philosophies that I, I think are going to become more normal. And I think it's really timely that this is coming out. Um, I'm really excited about the people that I'll be speaking with and I've already spoken to quite a few and I've got so many people lined up. Um, and again, it's about the people who are involved in this space that, you know, have got so much knowledge and so much warmth and so much generosity in in telling us about their own journey. So... Um, I'm really excited about this. I'm also excited by the fact that Landcare Australia, um, through um, me receiving the, the Bob Hawke Landcare Award a couple of years ago, they're, they're very generously um, supporting this first season, first series of The Regenerative Journey. I can't um, thank them enough for helping this get off the ground. It's been just a couple of years in the making and uh, wonderful organisation as is Landcare across the across the whole country. You know, it's 30, 31 years young uh, this year, and um, you know, it's one of those organisations that has 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 braved the the storms of changes of government and legislation and 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 sort of regional boundaries and, and all sorts of ups and downs, and you know, kept their head above water and have been represented you know, environmental stewardship. And, and good good environmental practice uh, for those 31 years. So again, thank you, Lanky Australia, for your, your very generous support of this podcast. And I'm really excited to announce that our next uh, interview, our next podcast, is with the one and only Joel Salatin. Uh, if you have heard of Joel and have listened to him before, you're going to love this one. And if you haven't, if you haven't heard of Joel, then you're going to love this even more because he is an amazing fella quoted as being the world's best farmer by some um i don't uh, i don't disagree there and just a wonderful interview he he never um never disappoints he always digs deep he's always coming up with those little uh, nuggets of gold and i can't tell you how excited i am to be you know helping you guys my listeners my new listeners um helping you even start your own regenerative journeys through listening to this podcast listening to my guests and uh I trust that you'll you'll get a lot of value out of doing that. There's so many podcasts out there at the moment 
which is a great thing. Lots of variety and, uh, and I trust that this one will be somewhere at the top of your list. So look forward to joining you uh, in this coming series. Uh, got some really exciting um, and, and interesting interviewees coming up in the next few episodes and uh, can't wait to share them with you. Talk to you soon. For more episode information, please head over to www.charliearnett.com.au. This podcast is produced by Rhys Jones at Jaeger Media. And as the recipient of the Bob Hawke Landcare Award, Charlie would like to thank Landcare Australia for their support in the creation of this first series of The Regenerative Journey.